it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Jets win it. Touchdown. Rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for some midweek news and notes. And so for that, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets. For AM New York, Mr. Nick Ferry. And Nick... Thanks for coming back on the show, man. Yeah, happy to be back on. It's been a couple weeks, but happy to be back. It was unfortunate that you weren't here last week, but obviously taking some time to process that and now back talking about the New York Jets, who are processing some good feelings, the feelings of being a winning team for the first time in a while. But the trade deadline came and went. They didn't make any additions. I thought that they might get an offensive lineman. Ezra Cleveland got dealt for a sixth rounder, maybe a wide receiver. Donovan Peoples-Jones went for a sixth rounder. I was hoping that maybe they would get Hunter Renfro, who by all accounts was available and the Jets could have had him. They chose to pass. I know that Renfro is not a superstar, but he's a guy that moves the chains and the Jets absolutely need something like that right now. And so for a playoff push, I thought he would have been good. The Jets apparently, according to Brian Costello over at the New York Post, tried to get Devontae Adams from the Raiders or Mike Evans from the Buccaneers. They were turned down on both fronts, and so they decided not to make any moves. They did sign Roger Saffold, former Pro Bowl guard, although last year when he was in Buffalo, he was terrible. He gets signed off the couch. Not sure how useful he is right now, but they need bodies, and that's really what it comes down to. Joe Douglas talked to you guys after the trade deadline came and went as well. So, Nick, your thoughts on what happened or the lack of action from the Jets following the trade deadline, Roger Saffold coming in here, and what you heard from Joe Douglas 
after the trade deadline passed. Yeah, it, it's a multi-layered conversation, really, when we talk about what the Jets did at the trade deadline or what they didn't do. Uh, the first part is you have to know the needs of the team. And as of right now, uh, it seemed that the amount of calls that Joe Douglas was taking – um, the, the conversations were centering around the wide receiver and offensive line position. Uh, so if we start with the wide receivers, yes, you know, they were clearly big game hunting with Adams, with Evans. Um, they had plenty of calls throughout the last week to decide if they wanted to go for someone a little smaller, uh, than the, the two giants and Evans and Adams, but it turns out none of them were available. And I think overall at the receiver position, you look at it as the Jets didn't want to give up any draft capital to a receiver with a ton of, of salary cap uh, to go along with that, particularly a guy like Hunter Renfro. His salary cap hit right now is $11 million. That's a lot for a slot receiver that you don't even know if he's going to be able to be healthy because he's been kind of shunted to the side in Vegas' offense this year. Obviously, with all their issues coming up, they just fired their coach and GM. Um, but the receiver position, the market didn't really open up. I know Don, Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, was traded to Detroit, uh, but that was really the one sort of receiver that was moved at the deadline that you that really had any weight. Um, so overall, I think it was a slow deadline for the offense. Uh, but then you turn to the offensive line, and and Robert Solid was quoted on Monday um, and I kind of you kind of saw it right away um, at the deadline as well. But he immediately said no one is trading offensive linemen this year. They're too important and not a lot of teams have good ones. Um, and then you turn around and Minnesota goes and trades a starter that was graded out at an elite 73.4 by pro football focus. The player I'm mentioning, of course, Ezra Cleveland. Um, they sent him off to Jacksonville for a sixth round pick. 25 years old, a strong guard, and you got him for a sixth-round pick. The fact of the matter is the Jets didn't go after him because they didn't feel that he was a good enough fit. I tend to err on the side of confusion to that particular move because of how important uh, and because of how well-documented their injuries are over the last couple of weeks, particularly along uh, the interior of the offensive line. And When Doug Douglas was talking it really was trying to find not just the right fit in terms of offensive scheme, but right fit in terms of the overall locker room. You don't want to rock the boat for a team that's four and three and clearly has a, a lot of confidence going into this next sort of stage of their schedule against the Chargers and the Raiders and then two matchups against the AFCs. You want these guys feeling as good about themselves as they can. So I think, Outside of just the fact that they didn't have a lot of, of draft picks in the 2024 draft uh, to maneuver, I think the salary cap as well, they want to protect themselves for a what could be an adventurous offseason, whether they go for Devontae Adams, whether they go for somebody else remains to be seen. But you don't want to sacrifice those kind of assets um, for the sake of a move that may not even put you over the hump in the AFC to begin with. From where I sit, Hunter Renfro next year, you could get out of that deal for $5 million if you don't renegotiate. This team hasn't been to the playoffs in 12 years. You could spread that $5 million out over three seasons. It's not really much of a hit if you chose to move on from Renfro. And for this season, there's really nothing to lose. The Jets are having so much trouble moving the chains. I've talked about this. Hunter Renfro, 131 first downs in his first 59 games. 
clearly an issue there with Josh McDaniels. We've talked about this. Hunter Renfro is the same receiver he's been since Clemson. He gets open by finding soft spots in zones. That's not the way Josh McDaniels does things. He likes precision routes. You either do things his way or you don't do them. So he tried to play away from Renfro's strengths and then eventually brought in Jacoby Myers to replace him. I think Renfro would have been an undervalued asset here. The Jets absolutely need somebody that can help move the chains. We all saw how tough it was for them to convert on third downs and how tough it's been for them to convert on third downs all season long. They could use a weapon like Hunter Renfro. Unfortunately, they decided not to do it. Now we'll see if in the offseason they are able to reel in one of the big fish like Mike Evans, who is a free agent, or Devontae Adams, who may or may not be available. We'll see what happens with the new coaching staff and when everything shakes out with the decisions there. But as of now, the Jets standing pat at wide receiver. The only add on the offensive line is Roger Saffold. But it's possible they could be getting reinforcements within the next couple of weeks. Nobody knows exactly what the story is timeline-wise, but Dwayne Brown should be back at some point. Joe Tipman's still up in the air, although I would be very surprised if he plays Monday against the Chargers. Newman, who came in as the emergency center, he's back on the practice squad. The Jets elevated Chris Glazer. So a lot of movement there around the offensive line. Talk to me about what's happening there right now because Roger Saffold goes to the practice squad. We're hearing some whispers about what's going to happen with Tipman and Dwayne Brown. And then, of course, how that would affect Makai Becton once Dwayne Brown comes back. The Jets say they want their best five out there. What would that look like? And where do we sit with the injuries right now? Yeah, so let's start with Tipman. Uh, right away, Salah hasn't ruled him out yet, um, but I would tend to venture a guess that it's probably going to be another week um, with, with with the second-round rookie. Um, that could certainly change. They had a walkthrough today. I don't know if they're going to come out with an injury list, um, but they're certainly going to have practice tomorrow, so we'll have more information on that. The other piece, of course, is now what happens with Roger Saffold. This is a guy that didn't really play well with Buffalo last season, but overall has had a pretty solid career. Uh, He's very durable, played in 16 games last season, very strong, very good in the run, not so much against the pass. And with the Jets, they need guys that can maul players down the field. So I think that's a pretty solid fit overall. His relationship with Keith Carter of the offensive line coach for the Jets when they were in Tennessee together makes a lot of sense. So the, the signing makes sense in the vacuum of they need depth. You get a veteran presence here. Just roll with it and see what you got. Now, the biggest question, of course, is going to come on the left side of the offensive line, particularly at left tackle, because Makai Becton, did he struggle against the New York Giants? Yes. But has he struggled the entire time uh, throughout the last five games of this NFL season? The answer is a overwhelming no. He has looked very strong in the run game. Very solid in the passing game. He has been the type of player that I think the Jets can build around for this offensive line. He's still young. He's entering a contract year, but he has been durable. He has been dependable. And now the Jets are going to be in a position where they are going to have to either tell Makai that he has to move to the right side. Reminder, the position where he got hurt originally when he had the broken kneecap or they keep him at left tackle and move Dwayne Brown to the right side, which has been a position that Brown has not played in over two decades. So there is really an interesting internal battle going on within the Jets of what they're going to have to do 
once Brown is able to finally hit the practice field and in game scenarios. Uh, It's going to be interesting. If I were a betting man right now, based on what Salah said today, I think it's very likely that Dwayne Brown gets moved back to left tackle and they move Makai to right. Uh, You know, Salah did say he doesn't want to have too much movement along the offensive line. But for some reason, this this roster has a very, very soft spot for Dwayne Brown. And I think it's going to at least force Makai to go to his third different position of the year, which is not going to be easy to do. He said as much in front of the press uh, this afternoon. So it's very interesting. Something you need, you're going to need to watch out for over the next few days and over the next few weeks as he goes up against some of the best pass rushers in football. We're talking uh, Joey Bosa. We're talking Khalil Mack, um, Crosby from, from the Raiders. These guys are really, really good. Um, and you're going to need both offensive linemen, both tackles to play at a high level. And if you're having Makai play a third different position this year, you're asking a lot for any type of offensive lineman, not just one coming off of major knee surgery. Yeah, Nick, I don't like it at all. I would leave Makai Becton alone at left tackle because, as you said, he got hurt at right tackle. He's talked about how it's more unnatural for him. And it hurts him more to play at right tackle. Why mess around with that? As you said, a young guy going into a contract year, they could keep him around. He could be a big part of the future, potentially, if he stays healthy the rest of the way. I understand that Dwayne Brown hasn't played right tackle in a really long time, but Jason Peters made the switch late in his career. I know the counter argument to that is that Jason Peters wasn't all that good when he made the switch. But if we're being honest about it, Nick, Dwayne Brown wasn't very good at left tackle for the Jets last year or in the games that he played this year. I would rather let Becton be comfortable and try to move Dwayne Brown to right tackle than do anything with Makai Becton. I would assume that if they were to make a move like that, what it probably would mean is that you would have those two guys at tackle, Becton and Brown, whichever one's at right or left. Although as of now, as you said, Nick, it sounds like they'd be more prone to move Makai Becton to right tackle. Max Mitchell, who has experience at guard and has had reps at guard in practice, he probably goes and moves to guard with Lakin Tomlinson. And then Joe Tipman, when he comes back, goes to center because you have to assume at this point that Tipman will be back before both Schweitzer and McGovern, who were both added to the IR list this week, right? Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Um, Again, the issue is going to be a tackle, but I do like this offensive line with Brown back on the field and with Mitchell uh, moved to guard. The one thing I will say about this veteran tackle, though, uh, and Salah was adamant about it. Brown was adamant about it when we talked to him today. He is very confident that he is the strongest he has been since he's gotten to New York. Now, remember, when he was signed last year, uh, he was signed – you know, and almost immediately got hurt. So he was never fully healthy um, the entire 2022 season. And in 2023 in the offseason, he was recovering. He didn't really get a lot of practice time in training camp. So he basically came off the bench essentially to start week one. Um, so it's understandable. And he even kind of said it. he felt that he rushed his rehab uh, during training camp to get on the field to help this team along the offensive line. Um, and now with this with this break on IR, he's been able to sort of rehab the right way. Uh, he's feeling stronger in the best shape that he's felt in the last couple of years 
And I think that's going to help the Jets make that decision, where if you have two tackles as dependable as they can be, that's going to allow Joe Tipman to get back to full strength. I think Lakin Tomlinson has had a, a rebound year. He's looked a lot better this year uh, on the left side. And then, of course, yeah, Mitchell and Saffold, whoever, which one you want to throw out there at guard, that's an offensive line that you can trust because McGovern is not going to be lost for the year. Schweitzer is not going to be lost for the year. You can have a quality depth of linemen that you can trust going down the stretch. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Nick, we heard from Thomas Morstead on the Pat McAfee show this week. But more importantly than that, he spoke to you. What did the great punter, the man who broke the franchise record for most times a punt was downed inside the five-yard line this past week against the Giants, have to say to you when you spoke to him one-on-one? Yeah, you know, it's it's quite interesting when we talk about Morstead because – you hear some of these punters, you know, King and, and obviously McAfee. There's the term punt god, right, where he's just unbelievable. The, the, he's so consistent and everything else. Morstead is so humble in the way that he talks. When I spoke, him, spoke to him today, he was even saying, listen, this league has a, a unique ability where you have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows the very next week. So you better be prepared for anything. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. Um, he, he's really just focused on the here and now. And, and when I spoke to him this offseason, he had the quip of wanting to parlay his punting into more punting. Uh, he's certainly done that this year. Him and Greg Zerline combined have built arguably the best special teams unit in football. I know the Jets currently ranked number one in all the league 
in terms of their special teams units. But they're a big reason why this team is four and three. We talk about that game against the Giants, him being able to cough and punt New York three separate times. Uh, Philadelphia had the same advantage. Denver, you know, there were a couple games where team the defense had safeties because of how good of a punter he has been. He's incredibly important to this roster, and he's going to be the rest of the way. The one thing that I keep telling everybody, the Jets are not going to win pretty this year. That went out the window when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. So with him hurt and not being able to win through the air consistently, the Jets have to muddy up games in order to win. They have done so to this point. By doing so, I mean making sure the opposing offense is absolutely blasted back into their own end zone with special teams prowess and defensive dominance. And so far, that formula has worked to perfection through the first half of the season. Now, it's a, there's a long way to go. We got 10 more games to go. Uh, but the one thing that I have clearly seen from Thomas Morstead is he is as humble as they come. Uh, and this new media savviness that he's had, because uh, he was on McAfee's but on multiple shows, Uh, That's not deterring him. He has that singular focus of making this team better, and he has done so so far uh, this season. Nick, since you brought up Aaron Rodgers, he made his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show. What were some of the highlights? You know, I think the one thing that I will always talk about when it comes to his rehab is he always has a way of exciting the fan base while also keeping everybody on their guard, and he really emphasized He's walking without really much of a limp. That's great. We saw his clip of him throwing consistently before the Giants game. That's amazing. Uh, But he also said, like, there's still a long way to go. There's different marks he has to hit. Um, It's going to be interesting to see where he hits sort of the running and and intense practice rehabs uh, that need to be hit for him to get back on the field. But that possibility of him returning to the 2023 season is certainly up in the air because he even said it. The Jets need to be in contention for him to consider going back on the field. Uh, Right now they are. A win against the Chargers would be massive for this organization to stay in the hunt going into December. Um, these, These next couple of games against the Chargers and Raiders will really tell a lot of what Aaron Rodgers expects of this unit because if they keep winning... I don't think he's going to want to stay on on the sideline any longer than he has to. Nick, final news and notes. Perrion Winfrey, the defensive tackle who was actually MVP of the 2022 Senior Bowl, gets a tryout with the Jets. A little disappointing coming out of school, but maybe the Jets can grab him and put him on the practice squad. Tanzel Smart and Dennis Kelly elevated to the active roster. And I thought this was interesting, Nick. The NFL came out with their top-rated games of the season so far, and wouldn't you know it, look at this list. Number one, Lions-Chiefs, 26.9 million. Number two, Chiefs-Jets, 26.2 million. Number three, Bengals-49ers, 26.1 million. Number four, Eagles-Jets, 26.1 million. Number five, Jets-Cowboys, 25.9 million. There's a common thread there, Nick, and that thread is that three of those games are Jets games which means one thing and one thing only. The Jets are the new America's team, my friend. <laughs> I uh, I always cringe when I hear that. Maybe it's just because it's Dallas week in Philadelphia. But my goodness, I, I hate that moniker. Anytime I hear that moniker, I just I, I have to shiver and just ugh, it's just an icky, icky phrase overall. But, you know, it, it's interesting. And 
I think it, it, you know, hard knocks helped that out a little bit because of, of how uh, tantalizing Robert Sala was as, as a head coach um, and, and how much the, the media circus followed around Aaron Rodgers. But it's also been this. Most of the games the Jets have played have been really, really good. The Bills game on opening night was an awesome way to kick off the season, a game-winning punt return uh, to send the Jets into a miracle win. The, the, the Chiefs game where, where Zach Wilson outduels Patrick Mahomes and gets screwed over by the referees. I mean, there's different games throughout this entire season where you look at it and say, holy crap. The Jets are fun to watch. You know, they play an ugly brand of football, but ugly brand of football kind of equals ratings overall uh, because it's just it's just fun to watch this team claw and scrap their way to more wins. And they've done that to this point. A three game winning streak doesn't happen by accident. Nick Faria covering the Jets for AM New York. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the midweek news and notes with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out your work, follow you on social media. How can they follow you, and what are they going to find when they read your work over at AM New York? Yeah, to, just uh, follow me along on Twitter, uh, Nick underscore Faria, F-A-R-I-A, 1720. Uh, com has all the latest articles coming up about the Jets. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff coming out. We've got talks about this offensive line. We break down uh, the potential position battle that we're still going over at left tackle, uh, and also hopefully – a, a rising dawn for this offensive line because they do get Tipman back. They do get Brown back. They will get Schweitzer and McGovern back later in the year. There's a possibility here that this offense um, could be hitting their stride at just the right time. Make sure you check out everything Nick's doing over at AM New York and follow him on social media. Check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from down under. Luke Grant has some awesome all 22 breakdowns on our channel. So watch those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash play like jet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing it doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and playlikeajet.com this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done.